In today's show, we discuss a number of subjects, and if we can get through them all, of course. But first, I want to start off with one which is quite interesting. Someone asked this uh, a few days ago, but what makes a country great? So we'll start off with that. But first of all, I'm going to say, Teo, hello, my friend, once again. I hope you are keeping safe and well. Hola, Tony. Yes, I'm all woken up now. I'm ready to go. I popped an antihistamine this morning, which absolutely wrecked my entire day. I thought I was taking the non-drowsy one. Apparently not. <laughs> and uh, oh dear, my entire Sunday has been, well, do you know, I'm super relaxed and I'm ready to go. So how's that? Brilliant. So you are awake and, and going to give us your all for this. I yeah. am awake now. I am Good, awake. good, good. With that, we're going to do our usual ritual. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. You've oh, got to say hi to our audience. <sighs> you know, you just take a good thing, Tony. You just wreck it, don't you? you just... <laughs> Hello, Tony's friends. <laughs> Hello, my one or two fans out there. <laughs> You've got loads of fans. I keep saying that. Yeah, well, I don't know, you know, because I, I don't have any evidence of that. But <laughs> fingers crossed, maybe you're right. Hello, audience. How are you? And I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And you're enjoying your holiday season. Good, 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 Speaking good. Off, before we get cracking, and to, di- to be the first to digress today. Okay. Go for it. Our estate has been super, super quiet this Christmas. Even our riffraff neighbours next door haven't been making noise for once. They weren't mm-hmm. playing loud music. There was this. The whole place was as quiet as a church. It was really lovely. How was how's, how was your your village? I mean, how did, how oh, absolutely, like a dormouse. You couldn't hear anything. There was no know, cars. There was nothing. I don't know. It's kind of weird, wasn't it? Well, we we are in the lockdown as well, and people aren't able to see loved ones really not like they would normally i mean we're i mean for for those viewers uh, viewers listeners who are listening in um, we're recording this just at christmas time and obviously where we are we've just had a lockdown so nor ordinarily i would have either visited family or they would have come to us so we would have had a good get together but unfortunately this year because of circumstances we've not been able to do that so it's just been our immediate family under the roof and so it's been very very quiet yes and i dare say everyone else in the neighborhood has had a a similar scenario because we've heard no cars at all no and everyone's home but i mean as you know i've got two riffraff neighbors um (laughs) one's uh, himself and his uh, lady friend and we live together and on the other side, I've got a family, uh, two adults, two kids. And they are, one of the kids is just really, really noisy. Sometimes she actually appears unbidden on this show because she's out in the garden and she yells or something and we record it. But this time, I mean, I even, I mean, here's how human beings are, are weird. I've gone from, that's a horribly noisy family to, are they all right? <laughs> Should I knock on the door? But then I heard some, you know, thumping and comings and you know, But on the whole, so quiet that it was actually worrying. Uh, really? Yes, I know. But they're all right. I've, I've... But they're young. They're not old that you have to sort of be worried about them. No, I mean, they're, they're proper adults. And, ah. the, the two kids, I mean, one is a baby and the other is about eight years old, nine something. Okay. But the eight-year-old, who normally is so noisy and everything, and I didn't hear Christmas carols. I didn't hear singing. 
she usually sings in the garden at the top of her voice. All that just just not there. It's kind of weird. Mm. I mean, welcome is a welcome word. You know, long may it continue to be quiet because I like a piece. Of, I like a piece and quiet. But uh, there we go. So that was my major digression for the um, episode. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's seasonal. You're allowed to have a, a I talk it, about. I thought, it, I thought it might be. Indeed, indeed. Anyway, let's get on with our topic, our first one anyway, mm-hmm. about what actually makes a country great. Mm. Now, I mean, I just wanted to raise this one because I, I, I first heard about this. But Americans in particular, they they're the first ones to spout out that they have got the best country in the world. Now, from my point of view, I'm not sure that's a valid, a valid statement because unless you've had, uh, what's the word you've had experience of loads of other countries. And then you can say, well, actually out of all the places I've visited this one here, my home country is the best because you've then you've got something to compare. But a lot of Americans strangely say that, maybe through patriotism or whatever, of their own country. No, I think they mean it. Yeah, but but they're, 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 not, just, they're not just spouting the words; they actually genuinely believe it. But no, I've got to say uh, that it depends on the metrics you're using. Surely, mm. uh, if you're it, saying which is the richest, I mean, some of these things are statistically objective. Yeah. Is this statistical? Or yes, it is. Yeah, materially, right. materially objective. Yeah, or just objective. <laughs> yeah. GDP. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. Because the 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 status of a country is generally taken on on its GDP and its unemployment figures. Those are the two big ones that most mm. places seem to take on board. But I mean, if, let's be honest. I mean, we we're even worse over here. We've got great in the name of our country, Great Britain as a whole, as a collective. So uh, yes, but that doesn't mean great, as in the adjective for superiority. As a matter of fact, that means it's a geographical great. It's a geographical adjective, uh, not a qualitative one. What from Empire times? No, it's Great Britain is the body of as the island of Wales, England, and Scotland. That's Great Britain. With a couple of other bits thrown in. I think, look, okay, this is why we need to do the research. I think the Isle of Man and the Isle of Wight are parts of Great Britain. I'm not yeah, 100% sure. I think the Orkneys do. But once again, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, they are. But what I am certain of is that Wales, England, and Scotland make up Great Britain. Including so Northern Britain? Ireland. You've missed out Northern Ireland. No. No. See, the United Kingdom is Great Britain and Northern Ireland. That's your United Kingdom. So Her Majesty the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen is of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. But that's just the United Kingdom. That's on your passport, United Kingdom. So you're saying that Great Britain Mm -hmm. differs from United Kingdom? Yes, it does. Because Great Britain is the island of England, Scotland and Wales without the, the uh, Northern Ireland. That's interesting. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Ah. So, so. Probably when... why you are a Remainer. 
Oh, yeah, we've gone that. We've done that subject. <laughs> Although we've had a deal now. Those of you listening in, when this was recorded, we've just had a a deal with Europe. Just to yeah, digress well, slightly, we're looking over at the Brexiters, and I've already heard bad news about it. It's well, it, we're tied up in even more red tape than we were before. Well, you weren't expecting to be less, surely? Yes, we were actually. Why uh, were you expecting to I'll be red less tight when we you should just have done what we needed to do? which is just to walk without a deal, negotiate from the outside with a better government. Yeah, but you would, we happen? would have put industries in jeopardy and affected well, everything. Let's talk about the industries in jeopardy. You guys have not been right once. And I say we're going to have to bring back flogging because people, <laughs> who, keep on, people who keep on going down the wrong route and every prediction you guys have made has been wrong. First of all, you even said we weren't even going to be able to get a deal in time. And we got the deal. We got both deals. We got the withdrawal agreement and we got this deal, which you all said was impossible. You were talking about all sorts of things that have not happened. You've not been right since we did not join the ERM. That is over 12 years or something that you've been consistently wrong. And it's time to bring back flogging and actually we've maybe even got as far as beheadings now because I'm absolutely fed up. You can't be wrong all the time and still be talking. At some point, you have to have just the the ordinary humility of your past failures to keep quiet. When have you guys been right? What have you remained has been right about? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, and that's really? been for decades. So enough is enough now. I mean, we've got to put our foot down and very firmly say, I, I'm actually calling for for not not uh, for, for reforming the law, bring back the stocks and bring back flogging because some people need to be flogged. This is back fighting against on a grand scale. No, nah, we're not going to do. We're not going to do that because we haven't even started. We're about fifteen minutes into our show, or something, and we haven't even started the actual show. We're arguing about Brexit and all sorts of things. Um, yes, I'm a passionate. No, anyway, the, the 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 deal isn't may not be what we think it is. I don't understand why Nigel Farage is happy, but if he's happy, I suppose I'm going to be happy too. I'm waiting. To, I'm waiting for him to say he's not happy. So far, he's happy. I don't know why. There we go. I think uh, he was the one that wanted to leave without a deal, but hey. Yeah, I know. So it's very strange for him to say he's, you know, he's, he's happy. I think he's realised uh, that no deal would have been really damaging, and he's finally come he to his senses. That. He didn't say that. I like that. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, you've been wrong so consistently for <laughs> wrong again. something years. So well. You've been wrong consistently, so... Who's no, I haven't been, been wrong about the border. I haven't been wrong about the red tape. I haven't been wrong about the traffic jam, which is going to be there, but hey. The traffic jam was, was um, uh, whatchamacallit, closing with Macron, closing down the actual border, closing it down, not slowing it down, closing it down. There's a picture of screen. you not see that the different, the thing will be that it's going to be more difficult to get through the border? It's not. It's going to be more difficult to get through the border for the first couple of days if, we've not been pre- if we weren't prepared for it. This, the government has had, I mean, it's been a conservative government for the last five years. I don't know what the hell they've been doing for the last five years. You know you're going to leave. What have you been actually doing to smooth the transition? They're not nothing. They, they I'm haven't. not even sure that, um, what's his name, the idiot, uh, I'm calling him an idiot now, Boris Johnson. Did he actually have a, 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 a plan? No. For, for no for no deal, I would have been going out there and selling this to the country. All the opportunities. But, but what opportunities? You've got to spell them out. It's no no good just talking vapor. You've got to actually give them concrete we, we, benefits. He's already spoken about free trade areas and things we could do. Singapore style financial financial services. Well, there's a whole flipping. You can't. It's just mathematics, man. 
Yes. They use 23% of the, of the global GDP. Are you seriously telling me that you can't see that trading with, what is the, the 100 minus 23? Uh, this is 77% of the flipping world is, is a great opportunity than trading with 23% of it? I mean, what's the matter with you? Indeed, if you think about it that way, but trade doesn't necessarily just work that way. No, but it's not necessarily what you have to work for. You actually want. You have to work for it. We could have opened this uh, country up just just like they're afraid of, just like the EU is actually afraid of. That's why they keep on going on a level playing field. They're afraid that we can open this up, open it up to uh, outward investment. You don't want to sell us German cars? Stuff your German cars, my friend. We'll buy Japanese cars. Korean Why don't cars. we buy American cars? American, we will buy American cars. Yeah, or they're really better, great for the environment. Even better. Well, if they're stuffing it up in America, they're stuffing it up globally because guess what? America's on our planet too. Yeah. And if you if you actually want to bring them in, you can you can say if you're going to bring them in here, you've got to do this, this, and that to them or whatever. But and they'll even, say we won't uh, trade with you unless you take things as they are. Then we're telling them to get stuffed. Well, then and, we're not trading with them then, are we? Yeah, no, I'm just saying that if they don't want to sell to us, just like the Germans, get stuff. And okay. let's go on flipping cars. Let, let, let's broom it back to the, the name of the what makes a country great. The ability to stand on its own two feet and be serious and tell people where to get off. Well, the thing the is, other I don't believe that's true, off. because in this world now, there's no one country that can operate solely on its own. So, so you do the great thing, you do the sensible thing, you make friends, you may you 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 go across borders and you might make friends with China, make friends with uh, with Russia. Think outside the box. There's Straddle nothing wrong with that aspiration, absolutely. Yeah. But Straddle when you're both part continents. of a bigger collective, you wield more influence. Yeah, as opposed we're still to in NATO, no matter what. So we're still in NATO. I'm not saying you should leave NATO. We'll still be in NATO, but we can have a non-aggression pact with Russia and uh, uh, China. And say if you don't attack NATO. Because we have an a priori agreement with NATO that if you attack them, and sorry, we're going to have to stand with them. And it's a collective defense stance, so we have to do that, which is, is, is the commonsensical thing to do. But if you don't do that, you know, if, you, if you're in Syria, we're not going to attack you in Syria. Or, or if you go into Iran or something, we're not, going to, we're not going to start saying, ah, you know, we're going to defend democracy in some God forsaken out out back somewhere which you don't really care about because it's got oil or something. We can do that. We're free. And we should free ourselves. And that's what makes a country great. The, the ability is, to think outside the, del- the box. The delusion, if you don't mind me saying this, is the fact that you feel that by being on your own, you have greater sovereignty. That's the word that keeps getting banded around. But when you want to make an agreement, you've got to give some of that sovereignty up anyway. How do you make an agreement? The whole point is... You know, you're making a deal with somebody. You've got to give up some of your <laughs> sovereignty in order to have a deal. If most you people say, just want... trade by most people just trade by walking into. Let's say your trading is like this. Nothing more complicated than going into a supermarket of your choice and buying something off the shelf. When you do that, you don't have to make an agreement that you're going to keep a level playing field between the supermarket and yourself or some nonsense like that. You just trade by barter. It's like, hey, what do you want to buy from me? What do I want to buy from you? Can well, we sell something else? Can reason. we make it so that we don't have um, uh, tariffs and uh, import duties and so on and so forth? Yeah. Make it frictionless. But what the EU is doing is completely, it's, it's completely opposite. It's a racket. It's a protectionist racket. And, and that's why you have to have all these, these, I mean, all these deals about we're going to come and take uh, 70. 
oh my goodness, when I was, oh my goodness. You know got to some of the murder. deals were? Do you know part of the the reason why it's flourished so well is because of these protections? It's, yeah, because of protections, rackets, but then at the them. same time, it's made other places suffer. And now that we've got boundless opportunities outside of them, we're going to show and prove in the coming years that protectionism doesn't work. That's why everybody's actually moving towards free trade. There's a reason for it. If protectionism works, America would be super, super protectionist, and it'll be suffering for it. And it's doing that now with China to protect its industry. And look at what's happening. Tariffs. Look at what is happening. Look at what is happening to that relationship. And look at who's doing better out of it. China has got a, has got a bit of a headache from super, super um, semiconductors, which it gets entirely from uh, America. I didn't know they were stupid enough to be depending have a. De- a dependency solely on an American product. But where do we get rare earths from? From China. So China said, okay, stuff that for a lap. We're going to hang on to our rare earths. American superconductor industry is going to flip and crash and burn because it doesn't have um, access to rare earths. Meanwhile, China is now pumping, I think it was, I I don't know how much they said, some fantastic amounts of money. And they're going to to grow up their own um, semiconductor industry. So, yeah, protectionism worked. It didn't work. It's the height of stupidity. Exactly. What, what kind of nonsense is that? By the way, when you say great country, I, 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 I'm taking the conventional um, uh, response to what makes a great country. I think GDP, military, ability to project its will. Yes. That would. But for me, that's not my personal answer. I really think, on a personal level, that a great country is one which lives at peace, has a happy people, yeah. and good relations with all its neighbors. And from that point of view, with certain reservations, I think I'd count Bhutan as a great country. Well, the the reason, uh, personally, I don't agree with that necessarily, because for a country, in my, this my opinion, to be great, the population needs to be happy. They need to be healthy. They have to have employment and their standard of living needs to be good. And it also, it, it's nothing to do with uh, necessarily the GDP, although GDP does influence that for sure. But in America's case, for instance, when they say they, they spout that they are the best country in the world, when you look at all the sub-elements in the country, their health service is not the best by any means. A lot of the people there are going without because it's all based on insurance. They they do have employment, but the employment doesn't necessarily give people enough food, uh, enough resources, sorry, not food, resources to then live a life in a affluent manner. So it's not catering to the needs of the population 100%. So these are factors that are really important in order to make a country great. You've got to balance it all. You can't overspend, clearly, so your GDP is a factor too. But you've also got to have all those other underlying issues, and America's got none of those, because in in terms of schooling, which is also important, it's not high. Health, as we've already touched on, it's not high. Security, yes, because if the security is good, people abide by the rule of law then you get more done in a country. So that's important. So the rule of law to a degree has to be proportionate so the people have got freedom to do stuff, but then not at the same token go against the laws of society in order to, to disrupt, etc., etc. Because if you've got a lawless society, 
then yeah, people are free to do what they want, but it, it's not for the betterment of the society. So it is a balancing act. There's no, you know, fine answer and say, right, you just have great GDP and that will be it. No, it's not that at all. Yeah, but when I said Bhutan, you sort of said you were you disagreed with me. I don't know why. Um, Bhutan's GDP, uh, I, I don't think it's a factor. Bhutan is, I think it's the only country. Let me give you a couple of, of facts about Bhutan, which might support, surprise you. First of all, uh, personally, I've got this, um, I've got this thing, which is, I there's certain sounds I don't like, and it's it's called audio some or, or, some kind of audiophobia or something. It's not it's not really fear of, it's mm -hmm. more a hatred of. And one of the things that I truly hate is the sound of people who snap their gum. Do you know what I mean by snapping your gum? No. You know, when people chew chewing gum, there's a certain crack they can make with it. So that they make a cracking sound with the chewing gum. Okay. You don't know what it is. Uh, no. I'll have to find an example. Oh, a snap. Yes, I do yeah. know what you mean. They're, yes. snapping, they're snapping their gum. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It drives me absolutely insane. I mean, you can, when I was younger, you could make me, you know, burst, in, uh, you make me, uh, burst into tears by doing it. Wow. Yeah, it's that bad for me. And I, I hear like little ticks or anything that's like a ticking sound or, not the clock exactly, but like a tapping, mm. uh, continuous tapping sound or something. It really gets to me. Okay. So I've always hated chewing gum. I mean, obviously, people spit their chewing gum onto the onto the onto the, the ground, uh, on the, the well, pavements. Now, but they You're do. walking, it gets onto your shoes. So okay. personally, I I would like to flog people for chewing gum, but obviously that's going to be too far. <laughs> Why? But you want to flog remainers? <laughs> I want to flog Romanians for using the same arguments which have been already refuted like a million times. Oh, but but if you if people are Remainers and they want to remain for some like personal reasons or like business reasons, that's perfectly fine. Just say so. Just look, hey guys, I've got business on the continent. It's going to make it a bit more difficult for me. And I think it's only like 80% of, or anyway, anyway. So Bhutan mm -hmm. uh, is the first country to ban chewing gum. Well done for that. And also to ban tobacco. Okay. Uh, now you can you can actually smoke, but not in any public area. Basically, you can smoke at home, and that's about it. Right. The other thing about Bhutan is that it is the only country in the world to officially measure national happiness, and the index is called the Gross National Happiness Index. Okay. So they don't place an emphasis on GDP. They attempt to track the happiness of the population and to actually actively work as a government to increase it. Okay. Bhutan is one of the highest country, uh, most expensive countries in the world to visit because they don't really want you bringing your horrible ideas and bespoiling, besmirching, no, besmirching is wrong, bespoiling their, their country. So I think it costs something like $250 per day. Okay. To visit, to visit. So this guy's Isn't their population tiny? They've got less than a million people in the whole country. The population is tiny, but they're bloody happy, which is the important thing. Uh, okay. Uh, Do they have a good health service? It's free. And is it good, though? Yeah, it's, it's well, yeah, I don't know how I've, the average age of it, but it's, uh, you see, there's a, well, on the whole, there's a couple of things that make you go, oh, okay, hang on. I don't want to live there. So this is why I don't know. When I said there's a great, it's a great idea. 
but the execution is 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 troubling. Um, okay. They're forbidden to marry foreigners, which seems to be a bit fascist. Homosexuality is forbidden by law. Well, you know, it is one of it. Polygamy is legal, but the practice is not common. Um, yeah, on some levels, even the chewing gum thing. Hmm. You know, to me, I, I don't like chewing gum at all. So that that's probably something you. That's why you're drawn to it. But no, I'm not I'm hearing anything like, that makes Bhutan great over us, for instance, well, or any other Western national, nation. National Happiness Index, I think, makes it better than National Jewish Product. But okay. sorry, what did you say draws me to them? Say that again. What did you say draws me to, to Bhutan? Yeah, the chewing gum. Oh, I thought you meant the um, you can't marry foreigners. I said uh, some of this stuff's <laughs> a bit fascist. Even the chewing gum thing, I think, is a bit fascist. I think what you should do is punish people for throwing their spitting their gum onto this onto the okay. pavement. Is That's it, a better it, way than saying don't because it's your personal pleasure, man. I mean, okay. you know, what's it got to is do? Is it a it? democracy or is it? Uh... No, it's a it's a, a monarchy. Oh, right. So the people can't actually remove the monarchy in terms of what they, well, basically well, how they're led. It's a constitutional monarchy, monarchy with a two-party system. Basically, it's like Britain, I suppose, in that sense. No. <laughs> well, we, we're a constitutional monarchy with what is essentially a two-party system. Nobody is ever going to vote the liberals into power. No, but the monarchy doesn't have power here. It has influence, but not power. Whereas you're telling me they don't have a, a free voting system so that they, they must can't do, because they have they have a two-party system but they who makes the ultimate decision though the monarchy uh maybe what they have is uh, a rather influential you know how some countries they take their monarchs really really seriously but they're still democracy like uh what's the other one we were talking about the country the other day um where you can't say anything it's it's uh, a penal offense to say anything against the king, oh. the royal family, actually. What is that country? Oh, I but, don't know. Oh, well, you and I were actually talking about it the other day. So I can't remember. Must know. And is it Malaysia? Is it Malaysia? Where did, where was the king and I, the film, the king and I? Which, what country was oh, that? Oh, um, I thought that was Burma, but maybe not. Because you said... Uh, at one of our previous shows, you said that Pol Pot was in Burma. Oh, yeah, no, Cambodia. I made a mistake, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, whatever it is, they take their king, they take the royal family, they really, really take them seriously. But they have really pernicious political party system where the, the parties really sort of go, you know, hammer and tongs at one another. So it is possible. It's just that in ours, we sort of neutered our, our monarchy, which is probably a good thing. I don't think that... Uh, you should have some kind of rights to rule because mm. of you were born. That doesn't really necessarily make you the best person to rule. Okay. Uh, and make political decisions. Okay, let's, let's, let's sum up this subject because, I mean, we've been talking it at length. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. We've been talking about everything else. I know, we? I know. But, I mean, let, let's be honest. Let's, if, if you had to class a country great, I would probably err on someone like New Zealand, for instance, more New so Zealand. than the America. Well, America, I don't think anybody's serious. Is going to <coughs> Excuse me. I don't think anyone's going to take America uh, is going to propose them seriously as a great country. Uh, the powerful country, yes. A rich country, yes. A great country, no. Uh, there are all sorts of things. Do, do, do you, have you ever seen the, the sketch 
by Rowan Atkinson. Uh, I think it's called Toby the Devil. No, you haven't. Oh yes, I have. Yes, I have. Yes. Do, do you remember? It's, uh, he, he this chap scrolls onto the stage, says "Good evening," and yes, very I, sort of, I have seen it. Yeah, I want to explain it to our audience. He said, "All your uh, all you Christians are wrong, and so are the Jewish and, and the Muslims. It's all something like that." And he was uh, hilarious. Yes. I remember the sketch. What's uh, that got to do with New Zealand? <laughs> Mr. Bean, Mr. the chap that a lot of audience members outside the UK would know as Mr. Bean, mm. he's, he's, he plays this sketch. Uh, he comes onto the stage and he says, good evening, everyone. This is all very nice and warm. He says, good evening. I'm Toby. I'm the devil. Which is where things take a horrible turn, sort of thing, <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to him. And then he goes to all the people who are going to help. And in one of them, he says something like, um, uh, well, adulterers, uh, gamblers who didn't settle their debts, uh, people like so. All of you step to my right, and off you go to hell. Oh, and the Americans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it has to do. That's why all the all of all of you, yes, all of you, off mm. you, off you go. Uh, I think a lot of people realize that uh, America is it's got its issues. It's got its issues. So I think I think that's part of the problem. I think it's because. America tries to impose its way of life mm-hmm. as the standard bearer and everyone else should adopt it. Otherwise, they're not worthy. When, in fact, everyone else has managed to do quite a good job to a point. And when you look at individually a lot of elements of the American society, you think, actually, you're not that great. Yes, as a power of influence and a money-making machine, there's no other Let's let's be let's be clear. Although China's fast catching up, but in a lot of the other areas, like their schooling, their security, their the police, the segregation yeah, between populations. Yeah, they're they're making you don't want mistakes. To with American police, do you? Sorry, say that again. You don't want to tangle with them with American police. No, you don't. But then, but then you've got all this this problem where they're having a a, a black. Um, black, black, white, and ethnic minority problem. They can't mm. seem to deal with it because they're so entrenched in their views and they don't have a broader viewpoint where they can look above the parapet. They just, once they've got their views set, that's it. They don't want to change them. And I was that, watching that's... something very funny today. Uh, I was watching a video, but tangentially it crossed on Opera Winfrey and the problem she had in France, in Paris, if you remember a few years ago, mm-hmm. when she walked into a shop and wanted to see a $40,000 bag, yeah. which the woman behind the counter wouldn't fetch for her, presumably because she was black. Yeah. And Oprah Winfrey got a bit upset and whatever was in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. First of all, 40000 for a bag, I, no matter how rich you are, I don't see how a bag can be. I mean, unless it's diamond encrusted gold thing. I don't know. I wasn't there, but mm-hmm. I, I really can't buy the idea that a bag costs $40,000. Okay. That said, she got upset and blah, blah, blah. And apparently, I don't know if she cried on air or not over the incident. Yeah. Uh, but the comments, this is a YouTube video, the comments beneath were that she was racist, that she, opera was racist for mentioning it. Why was okay? Clarify. I'm I'm still not clear. I, I wonder clarify. the listeners are not clear either. But I can't clarify because I don't follow the logic that the person who was offended was racist because they raised the issue. 
That is what American racism is like, in my opinion. They're not going to be able to free themselves from that. Mm. But someone's going to have to impose a solution on them because they're not going to be able to break out of... If the victim is blamed for complaining about being victimized, in a, in a certain way, the Black Lives Matter... I mean, not that I agree with them, by the way. Uh, you and I, we've said this before. I've said this before on air. I think they made a fundamental error from the word go that should have been all lives matter. I, I never think that they should never have said black lives matter. I think, I think in, in its own well, way, we, we spoke about this before. We did I think, speak about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not to do with the, it's not to do with the, the movement. It's the, the naming of the movement. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's the naming of the movement. That, I'm not talking about the name. Yeah. I'm not talking about, I mean, the movement saying that they want justice for people, unarmed people being shot. And if you say all lives matter, it's easier to say you don't shoot unarmed people rather than don't shoot black men. You understand? There's a there's a big difference in in those two approaches. A, a lot of people can get on board with don't shoot unarmed people. I'm on board with it. Mm. If the guy is not armed, he's not doing anything, and then you shot him to death. It's like why? Mm. It doesn't matter what color it is. Is that you're wrong? Um, yeah. The idea that you can blame the victim for complaining is just. It's just kind of weird to me. And anyway, Britain uh, went all over the world, did horrible things. If you know what uh, Winston Churchill did, uh, starved millions of people to death. So that See, that's a separate people. subject, and that's a touchy subject to British people. Well, he did. So it's factually correct. And, I, well, uh, I agree, but it's a touchy subject for British people to take on board. It's like um, the American people now are looking at their past and realizing that there's a lot of famous people who are respected and held high in society. But now when they're looking closer at what they did, they're, they're seeing that, Oh, blimey, these people weren't exactly nice people. And they're trying to deal with the situation in so much that, well, that was then, and this is now, could we not oversee that and just, you know gloss over it almost but you've got to look at what they were doing some of their leaders and you've got to look at that as a whole and think well yes they did bring some benefits but look at the way that they did it so should they be revered as they were before and we in the UK have a similar problem with Winston Churchill because mm. He is so fundamental to the psyche of the British people that what he stood for in terms of how he delivered it was was, you know, the overall thing was fantastic because we overcame a foreign invasion and we held up and fought strongly against it and defeated it. So that itself is fantastic. But when you then look deeper into his background and what he's done outside of that deliverable you start to question oh he's done this and this and this and you think oh that wasn't good oh neither was that and certainly that wasn't good either so as an individual you start to see all the faults that he had and again we've got a problem there because we now want to gloss over that and think well he did bring you know victory in the war and he brought our nation forward we didn't succumb to the the Nazi threat, we we stood up to it and we defeated it. So that should be remembered. But yeah, the fact but, uh, that he's done the all those other things prevented me. You're the one that prevented me from from inspecting it because you just jumped in and said that's a touch, touchy subject. 
It's a touchy subject. Doesn't mean we shouldn't discuss it. This no, no, no. I'm not just saying we shouldn't. And I think that is a show that we could dedicate on its own as a standalone show. Yeah, but actually, I wasn't actually concentrating on on. I mean, I did mention Winston Churchill, mm. but I wasn't concentrating on him. I'm still going on about what Britain did. Yeah, and I mentioned and Winston Churchill, for instance, did this. Yeah. I could have put it like this. Yes, but what Britain has done in certain cases also makes you question whether it is or has a right to be thought of as great. Because, for instance, under Winston Churchill, they did this. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then in Kenya, and I don't know if you know this, but the British, mispron- the British, uh, the colonial British, mm-hmm. okay, mispronounced Kenya on purpose. I was just to wonder when I was reading, why were they saying Kenya? It's not Kenya, it's Kenya. But they just they, they want to show that we don't have to pronounce it like you nignogs, which is how they would have said it in those days. Mm. So it's Kenya to us. And it's very particular. When I hear someone saying Kenya, I wonder if they know what why they're saying Kenya, not Kenya. And the Mau Mau, the Mau Mau um, rebellion, uh, pouring concrete down people's throats and things like that. What? Uh, yeah, I know. A lot of people seem not to know their own history or history of their own country. The atrocities. I mean, it's just about basically any country that has been out there and invaded another country probably has practiced some atrocities on the conquered nations. There's something yeah. in our human psyche that we, we, we're not kind to those we have defeated in, 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 in battle. And my, my thing would be, I had this discussion about what makes a great country back in 2008 with my then boss, uh, where I was working for um, Portsmouth City Council. Okay. Uh, as a developer, as a software developer. And we, one day, I think I was leaving. Uh, I was about to leave that contract. And we went out for lunch and we're talking about Great Britain. And I said, what makes a country great? I said, I think maybe Tonga might be thought of as a great country because it hasn't invaded anyone. It's just minding its business and having eaten too much plantain and been a little, a little bit too chubby for the good of their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cut, maybe cut down on the plantains, baby, you know, and do more <laughs> exercise or something. Yeah. Uh, you sure we don't fall under that category now? Well, you know, I need that much plantain. I'm a bit overweight, but, uh, you know. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, a country which is minding, is, this is why I wanted to go for Bhutan. It's minding its business. It hasn't invaded anyone. It's, you know, a country which just gets along with its neighbors and just has a happy, good, lucky, you know, that, that's a great... That's the kind of place you want to come back and uh, that's the kind of place you'd love, love to live in, I think. If, 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 if but does that make it a great country? Oh, a great country is a great there's peace and security and, and everybody gets on with it. Isn't that what makes life great rather than the turmoil? Well, in that case, then, if, going by those statements that you've just made, mm-hmm. a great country should be all those that have never never invaded anybody else and mind their own business sweden well it starts it starts like that that's one sweden that's, switzerland are they great countries switzerland and sweden yeah they're great countries they've never invaded Swiss, anybody yeah no if you if you have invaded a, another country you can't be a great country if you have not invaded another country you might be a great country when we look at other factors okay you understand so yeah 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 another so, country means you, that's it. You can't be a great country anymore. So Western Europe, yeah. none of them are a great country. No, not not a single one. But the Scandinavian countries... Sweden Sweden has tried to evade... If, in fact, not tried to. Sweden actually um, practiced scorched earth policy first. 
when the first, uh, I don't know if they were the very first, I think the Mongols did it first. Uh, Scorched Earth, when they went into Russia, got up to Moscow, I believe, and then went Sweden, to... Sweden, uh, I thought that was Finland. No, well, everybody's had a go at Moscow. This is what makes me laugh at Moscow, Russia. This is what makes me laugh when people say that uh, Russia is belligerent. Every time the Russians wake up and look to the West, somebody is showing up, man, trying to destroy them. Uh, Napoleon, uh, Hitler, uh, Sweden, uh, Poland, uh, everyone. Everyone's had a, had a go at Russia. I don't think the Poles have. I think Poland has been invaded. I don't no, this they've... is back in the... Uh, the they've, all, they've all had a shot at Russia. Oh, oh, everybody. Everybody in that region. Maybe not the Latvians, maybe not the Lithuanians. I mean... <laughs> well, there you go. So there are... If we were going to do that, that would be an interesting example. We'd have to look back through all the countries of the world and see if they've never at any point invaded a neighbour. Yes. And if they haven't, then by your rules, that makes them a great country. No. Even though... No, no. That, or could be. Makes them a candidate. A candidate be. for yeah. a great country. Yeah. Well, what about if somebody only invaded another country, you know, a couple of thousand years ago? Does that still count? Or you're talking in the last 100 years, 200 years. What, what, what's your time frame? Well, what's your criteria? Uh, basically, history. Historical. So Greek, for instance, who've never done anything for the last, you know, two, three thousand years, they would no. be classed as non a great country. No, I mean, and the reason, the reason that they haven't done anything is that they've lost their, they lost their mojo. <laughs> <laughs> They lost their mojo and became, they became numpties. What did they do? They gave democracy to the women. Boom, was all over. Oh, you can't okay. say that. I'm going to, do you know what? I'm going to leave it in, but yeah, I just need to ensure <laughs> that they didn't give democracy to the women. Therefore, that was a tongue-in-cheek um, uh, <laughs> comment. They did not give democracy to the women. They didn't fail because they gave democracy to the women. Okay. Uh, that's just me joking. Actually, the Greek democracy isn't what we understand it to be today. It was only free men who could vote. Slaves couldn't vote. Women couldn't vote. So when you talk about democracy, it was the free men who could vote. And it's not really our concept today. No, that's wrong. It should be mm. everybody. But anyway, we've done this one to death. Have we got a conclusion as to what you think then? What makes a country great in your opinion? Historically peaceful with, towards his neighbours, uh, clever enough not to have gone to war, been able to use diplomacy to stay out of other people's issues. Happy people, happy people, a relatively high uh, uh, standard of living, and good healthcare, good education, free, free to. They're politically free. You have to be politically free. You have to be able to to say this is how I want my rulers to behave, the people who are in government. So Bhutan, under the circumstances, is a bit questionable to see. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, okay, that's interesting. So why then, okay, that's, that's quite a good analogy, but why then, let's go back to America themselves, why do so many Americans, however, believe that the United States is the greatest country on the earth when the majority of them, Let's put it this way, because there's a big chunk of Americans. I don't know what the exact figure is. It's about 85% or something don't even own a passport. So they've only been in America, but they still believe that America, the USA, is the greatest country on earth. 
What makes a, them come to that conclusion? A, they've been told that. <laughs> and well, B, they believe it, easy, surely. It's quite, easy, it. it's quite easy to believe when you've been told it by everyone. And when you see your armed forces trouncing everyone on the battlefield. Well, that's true. The armed forces in their in their case is, is yeah. But that doesn't make you the greatest country. They did, it just they makes did you the most the militarily strong. They went to the moon because they said they would and they did it. They beat mm. the Soviets. They landed people on the moon. I mean, there's pride in that. I can see that, but that still doesn't make you the greatest technologically, country. Technologically speaking, I, I think they're the most advanced country on the planet. I don't think anybody's technology outdoes the Americans. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not the, disputing it. I'm not, no, I don't think that's what the arts. public thinks. What think. about art? The, the, what about the arts? I mean, the, the Hollywood has projected this... Uh, Western culture across the globe. I mean, it's an American culture. It influenced everybody. Yes. Influenced everyone. Mm. Uh, McDonald's, again, the economy. I mean, they're so inventive. They're so creative. American creativity is, is quite astonishing when you think about all the things that they've actually invented in all different spheres of life. There's a lot to be said. If it wasn't for their little peccadillos, which yeah. <laughs> which make you go, ooh, that's a shame. Yeah. It's like it's like having the greatest uncle on earth, who's a pedo. Like, well, do you know? Do you know what? If it wasn't for the pedo thing, you'd be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the, problem problem being, the problem being that oversight that you've just mentioned in your example is quite <laughs> profound. It is yes. quite profound. You can't have your own for Christmas dinner because you know. <laughs> <laughs> But otherwise, See, we'd love to have you. <clears throat> but I mean, the the US, yes, they they believe that their their country is the best, and actually, to a point, that's actually quite a good trait to have. That really is because you the believe in your country, you believe in the in you're living there in one of the best places on earth, so you're proud. So that's a good trait. More countries had more faith in their governments. Maybe they would think that they're living in a great country what tends to happen however is if you feel threatened as a people you will then believe in your country so there is a little bit of that going on but that's a separate subject but what i'm saying here is they they do believe i mean when from young age they are taught that um from a young age if you work hard and you you apply yourself then the world is your oyster dreams come true they do yes. believe that because they're taught this. So mm. they they believe that, you know, anything is possible. And that's a great attitude. It's a can-do attitude. So that actually makes sense in what you're saying, that they've developed so many things because they have been given that psyche from very young to believe it, that if you work hard enough, you apply yourself, you can achieve anything you like. And that is a phenomenal way of being brought up. But and then you obviously... Not only do they talk that talk, they also actually walk that walk. In the they sense do. That they do believe it, but then they act on it. They do. They I do. mean, you want to raise money in America. If you've got a great idea, you can raise money. Mm. You can go to investors in America, and there are people to help you get to the investors, like the uh, Dragon's Den thing that we do yeah. in the UK. They call but, it Shark's Tank over there. Yeah, I'm not talking about uh, that's like a specialized uh, like television. Right, right. I'm just talking about just yes. uh, just ordinary people, just you, Tony, me, Tyre. I've got this idea. A lot of things I can't fund it. I need you know five hundred thousand. 
Okay, in the UK, that's it. That's the end of that. You can't walk into a bank. They don't want to know. There's no way you can go. In America, you, you can actually get out there and raise the money. If it's a genuinely good idea, people will back you. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I and, think you've you got know, that here too, and you've got it in a lot of Western well, countries. Hey, you know it's what? Then you've got to let me know where these guys are. I've got a great idea. Honestly, you just do a Google search for the UK and you'll find it. It is there, seriously. Really? So, yeah, 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 absolutely. The audience you can find, find you And can you get find. in touch with Tayo at the TNC Talk Show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got this great idea. <laughs> well, you, you have. I mean, the thing is, you have. It's just that just because they, it's it's accessible there, and more people know about it, doesn't mean we haven't got it here. Because we have, we have got those services here. Maybe not publicised enough. I don't know, but we certainly. Well, I have didn't got know. It. I didn't know about it. Yeah, we do. We have here. You can find entrepreneurs for your ideas. There's sites even here that you can put. Um, ask for ask for money for a uh, an idea that you need to fund. Oh, what crowdfunding? No, no, it's similar to that. Yes, similar to crowdfunding, where you are looking for people because you've got this idea, you give a synopsis of it, and you're looking for X amount of money in order to make it happen. And yeah, yeah. It sounds like crowdfunding. Yeah, it's similar, similar. So we have no, got that. Come on, like a serious thing, because sometimes people steal your idea, so you don't want to go around. No, 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 no. You, that, that's not how crowd the crowdfunding works. You've got you. You're not giving away your intellectual property. You're just giving the idea. To implement it, you've got all of that, and um, they can crowdfund you to help you do it. But obviously, they want something back in return. So it's almost like you're giving them a share of your idea. Yeah, well, if you makes can make sense. it fruition. Nobody's going yeah. to argue about that. If you're ah, indeed. funding something, you do expect a profit on it. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So yeah, there are there are sites here that provide that too. Okay. So it's not it's not just the US thing. Now, some of them, in fact, are based in the US and they've just brought it over here. So. It, 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 makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's still available here. But you're right. You're right. That is an attitude in the US that if you do have an idea, you think it will float, then you can put it out there and hopefully garner the support in order to make it happen, which is great. It's great. And my nephew was over there. I was saying, why are you still there? And he was like, oh, my dear uncle, you have to understand that, you know, this is where opportunities actually exist. And I was surprised to hear him say that because he's not really particularly happy being there. But he just said, "No, this is the this is truly the land of opportunities." Possibly, I'm still I'm not convinced that that is not true for most of the Western world. I don't I think, believe that you can't do the same. I I myself have, have have set up a couple of businesses myself and got the support here without any problem whatsoever. So you can't attribute that only to the US. You just can't. It's available in all Western countries. Maybe it could have been started over there and it's it's maybe easier perhaps. I don't know. But you certainly can do it elsewhere. Otherwise we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the enterprises we do have here. So I'm not sure I believe that one fully. What what I dislike over there, which maybe helps the corporates and helps them function, is the fact that the the workers themselves oh they're slaves yeah that's what i have a problem oh my goodness they're slaves yeah they are and the the system is geared only for business not Mm. for the workers that's Mm. what i dislike so for instance when you have worked if you're if if you're not uh reaching the levels that you're supposed to reach doesn't matter how long you've been there they can fire you at a drop of a hat you have 
no rights. You have some, you get some severance pay, but it's not to the same degree. It's really minimal. And you then have to look elsewhere. And also the system doesn't look after people in their old age unless you have done it yourself. Mm. So we have in, in the West, in the European West, for instance, there are more there are more safeguards for mm. the population, the working population, where somebody can't just hire and fire. Now, clearly, that works for America in terms of you getting rid of dead wood as far as an individual is concerned. If, if someone has gone to the trouble of setting up a company and investing, taking the risk, they've had to put their life savings on the line to make it work. They're hiring people. Now, if those people are not up to the job, then they should have the power to say, right, sorry, mate, you, you've been here, you know, a year, but I'm sorry, I don't like the way you work, out. And they should have that power to do that. What the British call the, the old heave-ho. Well, yes. <laughs> but over, over here, we can still do that. Although it's harder to get rid of somebody if you've given them that length of time. Because clearly you've got that probation period, which yeah. is three months. Now, if someone is not up to the mark within three months, in Europe and in the UK, you can get rid of them without any reason. You can say, sorry, you've missed your... Well, what about Europe? I think in France, they're really frightened to hire people because apparently it's so flipping difficult to get, to rid, get rid of them. them. Yeah, this is part of the reason why Brexiteers wanted to leave Europe. Protectionist. Uh... Because, because... Part of the reasons is they believe that the the European Union have got too many protections for the working people. And so maybe, maybe Brexiteers some feel that that's too protecting of the maybe public. Maybe some Brexiteers of your, of your acquaintance may have told you that. But as, I, as I've explained before, that is not the true Brexit's position. Well, well, anyway. the thing is, that's part of the reason we could not... Uh, have an agreement with the US because the US's working laws for their population are far lower than ours. We haven't got this. They haven't got the same protections as we have here. So if in order for us to get a deal over there with the US, we either have to lower our standards nobody or they does. raise theirs. Now, they're unlikely nobody, to raise no, theirs. Nobody does. Nobody nobody has to do anything like that. Well, no, unfortunately, that, that is part of the real the deal. No, it's not. An agreement is an agreement. You and I can agree anything. If you got, if you pay yours, your salaried workers next to nothing, and I pay my salaried workers a lot of money, but you and I want to make some kind of agreement, we can agree to let our salaried workers do what the hell they want. You pay your salary workers the way you want. How does that look them. on my? Okay, here's here's an example. Nobody, right? nobody cares. What I'm trying to say is that we don't. It's how the two parties sit down together and hammer out a deal. Indeed. There is no, there is no external. Law, uh, external authority saying, by the way, you have to consider each other's workers. You don't. Well, you do. If my company is coming to invest in the UK and I want yeah, to bring my stuff. The, if you come into the UK, you have to obey UK law. That's just a given. But, but if I want to sell you stuff and you want to buy stuff, and I'm not talking about moving my company to America, I just want to sell you my 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 whiskey, Irish whiskey, sorry, Irish Scottish yeah, whiskey. Irish whiskey as well. <laughs> no, Scottish, Scottish. But there's whiskey. Irish whiskey too, but yeah, okay. 
you know, remember there's a problem with whiskey because of the Bombardier. Is it Bombardier? No, because of Boeing, uh, the Boeing controversy. No, it's only because of the tariffs in place from Europe. I'm saying so we weren't able to send them our, our uh, sell them our Scottish whiskey, which we we're can, doing except now. with tariffs. Well, we're doing all that now without tariffs, according to Liz Truss. Well, we're trying to. It's not Nothing. coming to fruition yet. Yeah, but the Americans aren't seeing it that way. I thought we were. Because no, the Americans because we've now said we've left. Okay, so we we've now no longer. Um, helping the what's the what's the European airline called? Um, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, gosh, yeah, right. Uh, Airbus. Well, Airbus. Thank Airbus. You. That's right. Okay, and because of that, the the US wanted to bring their parts and their their business for Boeing into Europe, and they felt that the Europeans were subsidising Airbus. And because of that, they caused the problem, and and so um, so Airbus wasn't going to get undermined by Boeing. The EU imposed tariffs on Airbus on uh, Boeing to come into Europe. So now uh, the plane uh, buyers in the U in Europe, i.e., all the the companies, instead of having to buy Boeing with a premium, they could buy Airbus, and that's what the Americans didn't like because they were artificially giving a tariff for Boeing products to in, in order for the companies in the in Europe to ensure they bought Airbus because it would make logical sense. I'm not paying, you know, five times as much for a Boeing aircraft when I can get one five times cheaper if I buy an Airbus. They're pretty much the same. Airbus isn't as good quality as as Boeing, but hey, I'm I'm gonna get a cheaper product. And so that's all they're doing. And and Boeing and the U.S. government got got upset by that. And hence, we've never been able to have this agreement with whiskey because they've said, well, you're helping the Europeans with Airbus. We're going to slap on tariffs for the whiskey. And this is where I'm the, the spat an now. I'm looking at an article now from the Washington Times com. This was okay. published on the 17th of December 2020. Okay, so it's recent. And it says the the uh, the UK the accord this is the accord to not increase tariffs uh, on whiskey uh, will be one of the first fruits of Britain's new freedom to strike trade deals. Uh, uh, will be that is in the new year. So when when we out on the first of January. Yep. As I've already said, I do remember Liz Truss saying that they will unilaterally lower tariffs as a goodwill gesture. To the UK. Uh, to the US. The, the UK will unilaterally lower... Um, the Boeing. No, the UK will unilaterally lower Scottish whiskey tariffs. Going no, into, it's not the UK. We, we don't put the tariffs on UK whiskey. They've we put, put it on now because... No, we put the tariffs on Boeing, on Boeing coming in here because we're part of the EU. Now, when we leave, we no longer have any tariffs for Boeing. So that means Boeing, if we've got any air people that want to buy Boeing planes, they will pay less for Boeing planes because our tariffs. You understand when I said unilaterally? Yeah, that's right. So, so there are two British tariffs companies. Here, okay. 
British companies now will have a choice. They've got an equal choice. They can buy Boeing without the tariff or buy something from the EU, which is the Airbus. So that gives them a choice now because they're now more price aligned because the, the UK are now taking the tariff away from Boeing for the UK market. Europe has still got a tariff on Boeing. So Boeing is not going to look the price list for Boeing to a... Uh, uh, you're right. You're right. I was, I was backing up the wrong tree there. Yeah. We're going to unilaterally, so it's not risky. It's no. Unilaterally, uh, to, the, we're hoping, we're, we're hoping, hoping by this gesture they that will, they, they will, will do it. They will yeah, yeah. say, okay, well, you're lowering that, so we'll lower the, the whiskey one. But they yeah. haven't said this. They uh, what they're this. doing now is they're working with somebody called a Robert Light Light. Oh my goodness! How do you pronounce his name? Lightheiser. Oh, he's the guy from Trump's. Yeah, he's trying to bring in a a quick deal before Trump leaves office. Yeah, that's what they, that's, <laughs> that's what they do. Yeah, these are twenty five percent punitive tariffs on Scottish whiskey. Yes, yeah, yes, you're right. And with on that bombshell, I'm going to t- uh, steal from Top Gear. Yes, uh, on that in that particular case, Tony, you were right. And on that bombshell, it's time to end. <laughs> <laughs> it's have time we got to, to the end, end of the episode. show, have we? We've got okay. to this episode only ever talking about one subject, which we thought was going to be uh, too too narrow a subject for uh, an entire episode. <laughs> and not only that, we've actually run out of time. We've run out of time as well. Okay, let me end the show. Now, I, did, I did enjoy the show, by the way. Yes, it was. It was good fun. I hope the audience did too. A good ding-dong there. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, you, the listeners, can send in your comments and feedback about what we're discussing on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash Tony, T-O-N-Y, and Tao, T-A-Y-O. Now, if you leave any comments or questions on the Facebook page, Tao and I will do our very best to try and answer those questions on a subsequent show or even live on air. Now, as you know, for those of regular listeners, you can listen to our show on all the major audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, amongst others. And you can also catch a show on Seclo Radio 105.5 FM every Sunday evening at 11 p.m. Also, if you want to find the show or one of our back uh, copies that we've got out there, you do a search on Google for the TNT Talk Show, you will find us. Teo, would you like to tell the audience what happens if they leave us any comments? If you leave us a comment on our Facebook page, especially one which drives apoplexy and outrage, we'll do something very peculiar. Most likely, we'll do something very peculiar. Most likely, we'll invite you onto the show to defend yourself. Now, we are like that. So <laughs> let's, let's hope that we hear from you soon. Wonderful. And thank you again for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.